Hey, this is Marie from Brad Ohio. I wanted to welcome you on a new episode of Naysayers, where we're going to be discussing about entrepreneurship, equestrian sports, as well as everything related to the company and how we aim to improve the market in the future. If you want to find out more, feel free to subscribe, follow us on Instagram, and of course, check out our nice catalog of horses. Take care of See you soon. Ciao, ciao. Hey. Hey, you're right. <laughs> Hey, I'm good. It's good to have you here. Yasmin, thanks for taking the time. Greatly appreciate it. No problem. So it's been it's been super exciting to see that you accepted first off to do the podcast with us. And mm-hmm. on another hand, I just had a bunch of questions. But I think that <laughs> for anybody that doesn't know who you are, <laughs> it could be good to to just kind of start about, you know, who you are, what you're passionate about, what brought you into the sport, and kind of what's your current situation and current goals. Yeah, it's a <laughs> um, big question. <laughs> it's a big, long one. Okay, so my name is Yasmin Pension. Um, so I started riding when I was a child. Like my, both my parents were into horses um, and sort of did like everything, you know, pony club, like went all the way up and was loving life and was very fortunate to have just some amazing opportunities. Um, I did the Children on Horses Europeans when I was, I think I was 13 um which then led to world championships in Mexico and then from that it sort of just kept going I did the junior the Europeans and then senior nations cups um and just obviously loved every second of it and you know got to do all the global tours um which was very different back then there wasn't teams or anything it was just individual um but obviously it was incredible same venues and you know having the opportunity to travel to such incredible places just like gives you such a step up and um was super lucky with stuff like that so um yeah did all that and then I had my first son five years ago Harry um and obviously having him it does slow things down a little bit um you know it's just me that rides in in my family so the horses obviously took a break um and then I've just had another baby four months ago maybe a little honor um (laughs) yeah really tiny so Again, I've now taken a little bit more of a step back just um, just to sort of like settle a little bit. I think, you know, children grow up so quickly. So I just am enjoying being with them, spending quality time with them. And I just I know for a fact that if, you know, my passion is is horses, so it will lead me back to it eventually when it's the right time. But right now, I think I just need to focus on my family and um, yeah. So that's where we're at. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, being a mom is, is a full-time job. People yeah. don't think so, but it actually is. <laughs> it's stressful as well. I'm sure, I'm <laughs> it's sure. amazing, but it's, yeah, it's intense. And I mean, right now we're in the six-week school holiday, and that's the first time I've experienced that, um, as my son's only done one year at school. And yeah, it's been um, it's been a bit wild, but <laughs> I think as well before, like you're at shows, you're at competitions, and they just slot in and it's quite easy and you know you're occupied whereas now I'm not as occupied so it's like (laughs) I'm gonna try and find things to do it's really hard (laughs) it is right yes (laughs) it's uh no so they so he was riding and then we got rid of his pony um we had one that was just being a little bit naughty and then (laughs) he found like the most amazing pony and unfortunately he passed away and from that we were just like okay we need to just wall for a little bit because he was so upset he used to like go in the stable and he was just crying and it was oh, so no. sad I felt so bad for him so I was like okay we're gonna just we start on the pony front just for a little bit and then it's yeah. crazy we don't think about like how I mean we do but I'm saying like you know we see people competing and as you say like a beautiful side of it but 
when you're actually losing horse, especially for a kid like mm. so difficult so difficult so hard I think it's good though like not good obviously but like it teaches them stuff like you know you you understand I think that's why like riders are more mature I think yeah. we are I think we're like we're quite grown up for our age I know when I was like 16 17 I was quite I think I was quite mature and I think it is because we have such a responsibility like we are looking after animals and they rely on us and we compete for our countries and it's quite it's a big thing I think it does make you like I guess you just have life experiences quite early so I don't think it's always a bad thing it just 100%. well it's sad because it's the is the emotional side is the animal it's, it's the you know emotional investment that you put into things mm. not just emotional but it's like I think that also you know as unfortunate as it can be like all good things come to an end and I think that yeah. it can be quite shocking for a child for sure. oh 100% yeah definitely but the earlier on that they understand that the more they're going to care for them mm-hmm. and also appreciate them yeah that's true yeah and it's just it's part of life unfortunately isn't it like everything it's the same so I think okay maybe at four years of age he was a little bit young to start learning <laughs> about that but I mean <laughs> if I like I said to him the other day or like this 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 pony is like up for loan um but he's 21 and he literally said to me he was like no that's too old like he'll probably die I was like oh, okay <laughs> like he knows quite a lot I was like oh that's you know it's definitely not it's just, this is such a deep way of starting the yeah. podcast talking about dead ponies I know oh my god okay start fresh start fresh this <laughs> is so funny um no so that's brilliant you've already like uh, started this on such a strong point it's brilliant it's brilliant I love this mm-hmm. I have a question like this is just this is just me being a fangirl are you a fan of One Direction <laughs> um okay so I like their songs um <laughs> and that's probably it right now <laughs> um you know it yeah obviously I rode for Liam so um yeah I was a it's, bit of a fan, I suppose. <laughs> it's very funny. It's like it's like when I because I because I knew about it, and then and then when Tori organized the podcast, and she's like, "Hey, like you, you doing the podcast with Yasmin?" I was like, "That's so cool! I was going to talk about One Direction." It's like, <laughs> so funny. What what? So I have a question. Like just to kind of go into the topic of of people that have nothing to do with horses, kind of going mm-hmm. in because I find that the case super interesting. How how did that happen? So my sister actually worked for them. Um, my sister does like ma- ma- uh, artist management mm-hmm. and like day-to-day managing and stuff. Um, so that was obviously a great connection. And to be honest, I didn't really think much of a meeting because I just thought it's not going to happen. Like this is way too good to be true. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not jumping the Olympic sort of level anymore. Like I've had a child, things have changed, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I sort of like went into this meeting, like very relaxed, um, got there and was, <laughs> I was very hot. I was like, oh my God, this is really scary. What am I doing? <laughs> I had to just like, act super cool, you know, like this is fine. I'm used to just hanging out with Liam Payne. It's fine. Um, and honestly, he was really nice. He was really, really nice, humble guy. And he made the meeting really easygoing and it sort of just escalated very fast. Like he is a like a big investor in a lot of different things and I think that's really interesting and I, I love speaking to people that you know take those sort of risks and it's great if you can you know do things like that and it was always going to be a bit of an onwards something that we were just going to continue doing and start producing horses selling and so on and so on um so yeah it was really exciting and obviously I found Tommy um who had been produced by Max Routledge and he was lovely a very difficult horse um to ride <laughs> he was 
when I tried him. So when he turned up, we were like, whoa, he is huge for a girl. Um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously things haven't really worked out, um, to put it lightly. So obviously I don't ride him anymore. Um, but yeah, it was short and sweet and it was an amazing experience. And obviously I learned a lot from it and it was cool. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the problem with horses is that like, you know, I'll share this from a very, it's, it's such a political thing that I'm going to say, but when people come to me and they're like, okay, like I want the perfect eight years old investment to jump the big class. Mm -hmm. I think people need to dissociate horses and investing. Yeah. <laughs> because it yeah. doesn't work most of the time because it's, it's hard. It certainly is hard. And I think if you have a really good team and like really good contacts and you're, you have like a good reputation, I think good things can come from it. And I think I didn't quite get to where I wanted to get with it because I do feel like I could have made them good money and we could have continued and it could have been a great investment. Um, but unfortunately, horses are horses, the horse world, and, you know, things happen, some politics go on and you lose you lose horses. So it is what it is. Um, of course. I also think it's a big part of, of the rider's life, you know, like horses come and go and as mm -hmm. unfortunate as this might be, it's like unless you own it, and even when you own it, like when you get given a big offer for a person, oh yeah, you have to take it. You like, have to take it. Yeah, unless yeah. you obviously are financially completely stable forever, and you don't need to. Like everything I've learned so far is never to say no to a good offer. I think you can well, be it's greedy. Like, and... It's like you know, there's this thing where I have sometimes people come to me. They're like, "Yeah, I want 400k for my horse." I'm like, "Okay, that's great. It's good." And then I get a client coming, and they're like, "Okay, I want this horse." But I want to spend spend three fifty, for example, and I can pay commissions on on top. Meaning mm -hmm. that we're getting close to four hundred, but the owners get fifty k less. Which, when you talk about that sum of money, is not that crazy of a difference because they're probably mm -hmm. going to spend that money to produce the horse for another year, anyways. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you got to really understand business. I think if you really want to be successful as an investor in the horse world, you really got. To, to invest and diversify and have have a huge operation for it's a really really big oh de yeah it's a huge thing and I think reputation is so important because you know like as riders that are in the industry there's some certain people that you probably wouldn't buy from and there's some people you would love to buy from and I think that says a lot you know having a good reputation that you produce great horses and I think that's really important absolutely and in terms of like everything that you did like from the ponies to the top level in terms of five star, the horse mm -hmm. that you rode, Zodiac Z, and your like your experience in Europeans and stuff. Can you tell us? Well, even not just the Europeans, like the Mexican tour and the GCT and your training with the Philippines and stuff. Like, what was what were some of the, the biggest learnings you've had? Not just on a riding standpoint, because riding you can always improve, but on a yeah. human and business standpoint. Um, I think obviously going from the UK to Belgium to train was a massive learning point. I mean, their whole system was incredible. Like I learned so much at the fitter parts and it wasn't like you say, it wasn't just the riding because it's all the bits in between, like watching their grooms. Like I actually was at Michael Whitaker's prior to that and I learned so much from their grooms. Like even what we do right now, uh, like for example, washing the horses off, like I still use the same techniques that they taught me at Michael's from when I was like 15, 16 years old. Um, so like being able to go to different yards, I think if you can do that as a young person that's trying to get into it is definitely go and wallet, like, I don't know, do some work experience or train, whatever your situation is. I don't know with these top riders, 
and like get as much knowledge as you can because obviously every yard runs differently and you can learn something from everybody um so yeah like obviously that was a huge difference from going UK to to Europe and I loved it out there like they had a lot more shows like we don't have the access to shows like they do so I was always out competing which gen like you know naturally just makes you a better rider because you're just getting more and more experience like every week basically um but yeah I, I mean I don't know that's a hard question there's been some <laughs> absolutely incredible moments um and yeah I don't know I just learned so much and you never stop learning I think that's what's so exciting about our sport is that you can always learn something and I'm sure like Marcus Enning who's like my absolute idol of a rider is 100% still learning as he goes do you know what I mean like you never stop and things are changing all the time too which is absolutely when it's I an exciting to, sport when I talk to riders now I think that you know years ago whenever there was not this whole social media thing and, and business aspect of sales and stuff as horses were cheaper I think it was easier. You were mm -hmm. a good rider. You could get good yeah. horses and go compete. Now I see so many talented riders. When I say talented, they're like really, really good. And they can't find the investors because yeah. they don't have the business skills that follow. They don't have yeah. the social media presence. And sometimes you've got, I wouldn't say average, we've got a less talented rider. And they have the possibility to, I don't know, speak a few languages and then market themselves very well, yeah. carry themselves very professionally. And I think that that aspect is like so important and that people- A million like, percent. It's the only way to move forward in our career, I think. Like, And that's what's so gutting for me right now is that obviously financially, it's, that's our biggest issue is moving forward is that I can't compete with these riders now because it is becoming so expensive. Like everything is going up and up and up and it's just made it physically impossible for me to continue right now so you know having this time off spending time with families a good time so I can just recess and like you know see what sort of happens into the future but obviously if I had investors I would like to think I would still be going <laughs> it would be a very different story because I'd have the support um but like you say finding them is so hard and yeah it's very it's a very difficult world <laughs> I find it I find it very difficult, but I will say like this is this I'm I'm sure I'm gonna speak the word of many people that find it like they just don't dare to say, but it's it's brutally unfair. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. in my opinion, right, I started I'm I'm I've never been that big show jumping rider. I, I show jumped at home, did some courses at home, competed here and there like a national little things, like little things, and I wasn't mm -hmm. bad as a rider myself at all. And I rode polo ponies and the racehorses, my dad's a trainer in Newmarket, so I do all sorts of things. But it's like, I, my, my family comes from a very, very humble background. And I couldn't afford when I was a kid, or at least they could, but th that was not their main expense, like the ponies to go compete and to stay yeah. in that cycle. And I think that when you look at the, the horses and, and all the talented riders that can't afford it, it's like sad because that brings the price of the horses up and it creates this drastic separation between people that are actually super passionate about it but they can't even afford a horse that doesn't stop and passes the vet check yeah yeah and and people that always continuously ask for more and more and more but it's also because the production cost is is increased increasing year on year so i feel like i would love to see us for open up opportunities to people like open up you know the ability for, for riders to actually have the ability to find investors or your ability to say, hey, I, I 
I'm an, I'm now a mom. I want to get back into it. Who yeah, could definitely. co-invest with me, or who could microfund? You know, a campaign of me getting back in the sport to buy X horse to do this, what this, and 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 you know, go back to a big level. But I do feel like things are at some point. It's not going to continue going up and up and up and up. Like it's just not. It's not possible. It's pushing so many people away. Like I see time and time again on social media, like people complaining, saying, how are people affording to do this? Like, you know, what is going on? And it's all well, like it would be great if they did offer opportunities for people that like myself that really want to get back into it. And, you know, I like to think I can do the top level if I had the right backing and whatever else. But unfortunately, you know, these the type of people that get those opportunities usually have a big name behind them. You know, not everyone comes from that background. And like myself, like my parents are nobody in the show jumping world, like no offense to them. Um, But, you know, like it's not, I I just, I don't know. It does make it very difficult, but I guess that's, that's the politics that come with it, I suppose. But yeah, it's a very, very political market. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here like, hey, like, let's create this marketplace and be transparent and sell horses and honesty and like everyone looking like like completely nuts but yeah. it's okay I, I have my successes in front of my failures but I think that I think that it's an industry that's I believe that it's going to change at some point not change in, in sense that you know it's not going to be drastically changed but some stuff is going to occur that's going to reflect the reality of what people actually want whether it's in terms of, of sales, whether it's in terms of affordability, like some stuff is going to have to change. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's just not going to be a sport anymore. Yeah, know? yeah, it's true. Because all these good riders that, you know, are going to get on eventually and retire, because a lot of the like top, top ones are a bit older, like eventually when they stop and the new ones are coming through, there's just going to be a stop because <laughs> there's like no one going to afford to continue. I don't know yes. how they're going to do it. When you were at the at the GCT, what year was that? Oh my god, I don't know. Um, I was like eighteen, so what, ten years ago, eleven years ago? The Global Champion Store existed ten years ago. Yeah, really? it must have done. Mm, wow. I was young. <laughs> I mean, I was young. It was new. I remember, like, I remember actually my parents. We were at Arena UK in England, and they like turned up with this massive like brochure type thing it wasn't even it was so fancy it was like in this really nice box and it was for the GCT and my dad just loved everything about it he was like we have to do this this is like you know imagine Monaco and Cannes (laughs) but when like when that was happening I had no idea how lucky I was and like every single thing that I've done in my career I was completely oblivious to how that like how incredible that opportunity was it's only now that like obviously I'm paying for everything myself and I'm working hard to make it happen that I realized like oh my god you needed a kick back then because you just I wish I yeah I don't know I don't regret anything but you know I just wish I understood a little bit more about the business side of it and how tricky it was to sort of be doing what I was doing and I was very fortunate you know so like I look at some people and I'm just like oh, I hope you realize how lucky you are because I would kill to be doing what you're doing right now <laughs> yeah I also think you know I also think that everything everything is doable and and I'm so stubborn when it comes to ambition and goals especially like us as women we really have to stand our ground when it comes to what Mm -hmm. we want to achieve and like you're so young that like I'm I'm younger but I'm saying like I'm just five years younger than you and like you're so young in terms of you can still do whatever the hell you want like it's it's not like it's good you just had two kids you're young young mom you can still achieve everything that you want to do after that it's a bit harder to manage (laughs) but <laughs> no everything's possible and I would love like I've always said I want to 
to get to the Olympics and I want to prove to my kids that you know you can have setbacks and things can get really tough like you know I have been through an extremely tough time like with my family and loads of things that have gone on and like I would love to come out the other side and actually be like you know what I got to the Olympics and I did that out of pure like passion and hard work and determination and just show the kids like you you know if you put your mind to something you really can do it so you know I've not given up like my goals and my hopes and everything I just it's just gonna have a little bit of time to reassess (laughs) of course but that's also that's also nice like I think it's also very much needed and yeah and when you kind of take a step back it's like there's this thing I can't remember how it goes but it's like take a step back to kind of jump further if that makes yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but I think as well mentally like it's a good thing to come away from it because it really is like you're in a bubble and it's such a different world like when you're competing and I don't know there's like nothing else exists in the world it's just that and you're just competing all the time and you're traveling all the time and actually just like just sometimes just I don't know being outside away from it you can just sort of appreciate things and I don't know how to explain it but yeah it's nice to be out of that bubble and just have a break <laughs> I, I totally agree and I also think that it's it's a very like it's a beautiful world but yeah it's a very unrealistic one like yeah. when I when I speak to my parents like my, my well my dad's in racing but my mom she's nothing to do with horses it's just like cheering for me whenever I've got something going (laughs) and it's like if I tell them what what's the price of some of the horses we sell considering their age and what they've done and what the market value of other horses is like it's the price of a blooming house yeah so it's like how do you how do you actually you know sustain that on a very very big level have five ten horses in your stable to be able to support your goals as a as a rider and, and keep them and, and still balance yourself with everything else that you got to do and the mental mm-hmm. side and it's like you know like for example i'll be here all day long selling these horses and then i'll speak of 200k as if it was nothing yeah but it yeah. is a lot of money yeah <laughs> no, it's crazy and that, like most people you know have a mortgage to pay for as well and then you have to have your horse box like there's so much that goes into it and it's just mind-blowing how people do it like fair play to them I think it's incredible but it's another level it really is I couldn't agree more and um so, so I, I was stalking the hell out of your website the other day um <laughs> and it's kind of reading a little bit and uh do you do you still have that breeding program so I'm trying I still I have two broodmares now I just sold one um so I have two and one's in full to my stallion van der Vivaldi, and the other one is I'm just starting to put her in now so I'm hoping she takes first time so it's a quick process as I am super late um but yeah the yard's like a little bit quiet for now but I'm keeping the broodmares and I've got two foals on the ground at the moment um and I've got a really nice five-year-old actually out of my stallion that is being competed um and she's doing amazing so like I'm I'm trying to slowly bring it on but it is going to be a slow thing like there's like stupid things like there's no grass right now so having broodmares with no grass like we've had no rain for so long it's literally like we're living in a safari and it's just things like that it just makes it so hard to maintain so we're having to like feed them and it just all makes things a lot harder so I've sort of, of scaled a fraction but I still want to do it obviously it's just of course it's a tricky one isn't it, it. yeah it, it's a growing project so yeah, but that's cool. Like, I think you should, you should just focus on the right, right side and, and tell yourself that you've got some, some nice stuff coming up. And, and it also gives you the time to prepare yourself. If that yeah, exactly. Sense. Like, in three years' time, which will go, like, so fast, 
I will have like four or five horses on the ground and I paid, I don't know, not much for them because I've bred them and it's just a nice feeling. And I love the feeling of actually producing one yourself because it's such a, like, it's so rewarding when it goes out and does well. It's so nice. So I would love to be able to do that and get lots of um, my stallions, babies on the ground because I love him. And I he's want such him a cool horse. He's oh, a very he's, cool he's horse. A How old is he? He's 19. I feel like he probably <laughs> still has it, but <laughs> he's currently standing at studs. So he's having a well-deserved break doing what I'm sure he's loving. So <laughs> um, That's really cool then. Yeah, but he probably still would compete. It's just, you know. Well, at 19, I mean, poor buddy. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. He, he, I bet you he's raring to go to He'd love it. I mean, I wouldn't jump big, but he would love it. <laughs> what is the... So what did... So I suppose he's one of the most important horses you've had. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What's the story behind this guy? So we bought him when he was just turned seven from Dietmar Googler in Germany. And he was ridden by Angelica Augustin. Um, and to be honest, I really couldn't ride him when we tried him. He was so hard, but he was so beautiful. And I was like, oh my God, I just really, I was so bad. Like when I look back at it, cause my parents, poor parents, like got this lovely horse and I basically bought him on his looks. <laughs> like, That's a terrible yeah. purchase criteria. I, so, so bad, so bad, but it did work out. So like we, you know, we live and learn. Um, but yeah, he, he just was so tricky so I remember going to Arezzo in Italy and I just I just was so stressed because I just couldn't jump there like it just kept going wrong um but yeah obviously I've had him for what 11 maybe 12 years now um and he's an absolute legend like it took time to get to know each other but now like we just really cracked it and had such a great partnership and you know like we could just come out and go and win something and you know he just he never let me down he was what he is he's still here he's a legend um and yeah obviously he's given me some incredible memories and we reached some big goals with him so did you get any main wins with him yeah we won the four-star grand prix at bowlsworth um we won a few grand prix we like you know got the chance to go to windsor like jump windsor grand prix with a third in the windsor grand prix um he was great he just was tricky he still is tricky you know he's got He's got his quirks, but I love it. <laughs> but we like we had another really good one called Ashkari, who we actually bred, and that was so rewarding because like we did one sixty with her, and she was incredible. Unfortunately, she passed away during lockdown. She just oh I don't, no. know, I don't know what happened to the poor girl, but um yeah, she passed away. But she was incredible, so scopy and did so much. So I've I have been had very some lucky, lovely eh? horses. Yeah, I've had some <laughs> lovely horses, really lovely horses. Yeah, I've been very lucky with, with that poor that poor mare, but I guess, you know, oh, it's terrible. It's very difficult. It's life, isn't it? It really is life. It's difficult, but, you know, she had an amazing life. She was 18, so oh, she... Oh, so she was older. I yeah, no, yeah, she was She was in the field retired at this point, and okay. I don't, we don't, we still to this day don't know what happened, but, um, you know, she'd had a wonderful life, and she'd done great things. So, yeah, I, I wish I was a bit older when she was born, because I missed, obviously, most of her career, um, and only got the joy of riding her as I was a bit older but yeah we did some good things so I had two like fantastic horses both of them were yeah really great and did you involve yourself in like yourself in the sales side at all did you ever sell anything like um to be honest like not really and it was always this is this is what I regret and this is my advice to anybody if you're young and your parents are backing you and you know you're lucky in that position which I was 
like just ask for their advice because I literally went in when my parents stopped funding and taking me everywhere like I was kind of put in the deep end which is fine because I was old enough and I should have been doing it by then by myself but I just wish I knew more because I literally went in it and I was like oh my god what do I do um and there is a lot to learn and I think like you say the sales part that's how you continue that's how you make money in my opinion to keep going so it's a really important factor to know about um so yeah if anything it's more so recently that I've started selling and I just sold a three-year-old out of my stallion and you know I look forward to following them and hopefully just breeding lovely horses <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's awesome we can definitely have a, a private conversation on seeing how we could support you in the future and see what we could do I think yeah. it's it's such an amazing uh it's such an amazing opportunity and 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 interesting to see like where you're going to go in the future because as I say like I think no dream's big enough and mm -hmm. And you've already proven yourself. It's not like you're a ride and you're like, hey, I jump cross balls. I want to go to the Olympics. It's <laughs> yeah. different. You know, you've yeah. got kind of a of a proven of a proven approach in that one. But um no, that that's everything for me. It's super interesting to meet you. You've got such a cool story, and I'm sure that there's many, many more wins to come. I hope so. Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome stuff. Well, Yasmin, thank you so much for your time and we'll be in touch. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. See you later. See you soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Hey, how was that? I hope you found a lot of value and a lot of learnings in this new episode of Naysays. For more information, feel free to subscribe to the podcast, get in touch with our team. And remember, if you're looking to either sell or buy a high quality show jumping horse, you know where to find us. See you soon, on to the next episode of Naysays and have a lovely beginning of the summer.